Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hey, chickens. Uh, watching A Nightmare on Eden. It's not A Nightmare on Eden, just Nightmare of Eden. <laughs> A Nightmare on Eden. Um, there used to be a TV show called Return to Eden, which I loved when I was younger. Uh, it was kind of like Australia's version of the um, big shoulder pad, rich soap opera thing. Um, it started out as like a mini series where Rebecca Gillen got eaten by a crocodile. <laughs> Plastic surgery and came back as a supermodel. She was a dowdy woman, um, and then she was a supermodel, and then she got her revenge. Anyway, um, James Rain was her husband that she got revenge on. Uh, it was quite camp. And then there was a TV series version, and just I think it only ran for about two seasons, but I loved it. Um, anyway, Nightmare, Nightmare of Eden, not that. <laughs> um, we start with some dramatic spaceship music, um, and it's doing some weird thing, like going, like there's... A, trails it's obviously in some sort of hyperspace business um the co-pilot on board seems a little bit too chilled about coming out of warp and uh then there's a, the passengers are all looking very excited wearing matching hoodies and 3d glasses um oh apparently they're protective coveralls for some reason and they're traveling at seven tenth of a g um so careful when you get out of your chairs everyone uh there's a warning light on the pilot's panel um and the co-pilot does not care he's like what's a few degrees and then another spaceship comes out of nowhere uh and the captain's like no um the cruise liner just sort of materializes in the same section of space as the smaller ship and they sort of get locked together um then some guys in like glittery tunics are facing like a weird electronic effect in a doorway saying access to the passengers is blocked by the hull of another ship um the pilot cracks it with the dippy dazed co-pilot who uh does help by turning off the noisy alarm like there's this noisy alarm going on for ages um <laughs> and uh then the tardis lands in a corridor uh with and there's lots of like you know 
kind of safety tape everywhere, black and yellow stripes. I'm like, this is the safest spaceship I've ever seen. Um, don't go here. You'll hurt yourself. Uh, by the way, the TARDIS is looking quite battered, the old girl. Um, the prop needs, I think it's had one too many licks of paint. I think maybe they need to rebuild it. Uh, the Doctor, Romana and K9 pop out and they're assessing the overlapping ships. And Romana wonders why there wasn't an explosion. And the Doctor suggests one of the ships was dematerialized when the accident happened. Um, which is exactly what happened. Uh, Romana says they shouldn't interfere, and the doctor's like, of course we should. You always do what you're best at. <laughs> um, then there's a big airlock sign, and a man in a silver spacesuit comes through it, and so the doctor and Romana decide to follow him. Um, he turns out to be the captain of the other ship, and he's on the bridge of this ship now, the big uh, luxury cruise liner, and both of the captains are just yelling about whose fault it is, who's going to pay, who's going to have to... Uh, it's just... You know, basically, like like when you have a car accident and you're like, no, it wasn't my fault. It was your fault. No, it was your fault. Anyway, it's one of those moments. Um, the doctor says he's from Galactic Salvage and Insurance. <laughs> uh, and he suggests separating the ships. And Romana's like, well, it's theoretically possible. And the captain's like, well, I would, but I can't get any power. And he starts flicking a button on the... And the doctor's like, sure, that's the right button. He's like... Yeah, that's, that's the right button. Um, the useless co-pilot takes the Doctor and K-9 to the power unit. And Romana goes off with the pilot of the other ship. Um, the pilot of the cruise ship looks up Galactic Salvage and Insurance on his computer. And apparently they're not in business anymore. Mm-mm. The Doctor's alibi does not pan out. Um, the co-pilot uh, is very anxious now. And he's like, oh, that's it's down there. Turn left and turn right. And then he tries to run away. Um, and the Doctor's like, what, what? you said you were going to take us there. He goes, no, no, I'm, I've got something to do. Um, I'm busy. And he runs off. So the Doctor, rather than going where he tells him, follows him. Uh, then he's stumbling about in the dark, the co-pilot bumping into walls. And he uses his card to access a drink in what looks like a fairly ordinary <laughs> chest of drawers like a you know filing cabinet thing um so he pulls out like a weird implement um and then leaves the doctor and canine watch all this the doctor opens the same drawer with his sonic screwdriver pulls out a similar implement and he empties something from it and canine uh, analyzes it and says it's a drug derived from a fungus known as vraxoin um, the doctor says he's seen whole communities and planets destroyed by this drug and it causes complacency and apathy and soon after it wears off, you're dead. <gasps> um, Romana is talking to a zoologist who's on the verge of cataloging every creature in the galaxy. That is a big job. Uh, he needs financing for his next mission and he used to get government funding but there's been a galactic recession and then he shows Romana his CET, the Continuous Event Transmitter, where his specimens are collected and put into a crystal and they go on living in a virtual environment of some sort. And Romana, when she says it, thinks it's just a movie. And uh, when he explains it, she says, oh, so it's like a crude form of dimensional matter transference. And then she's like, you know, the dimensional trans- dimensional instability of these overlapping ships may cause some anomalies. Um, and the captain, uh, meanwhile, uh, on the bridge, calls down to Azure, which is the planet they were headed to and that they're in orbit of. Um, the doctor pops up and asks if the ship has been anywhere that he could get uh, the co-pilot could have gotten his hands on the Vraxoan and the pilot's like nah it's like a milk run we just go back and forth between two planets like that's it Azure and this other joint um, and uh, then he talks about Trist the zoologist who's the only one who might have been somewhere like that 
Uh, and then the pilot confronts the doctor with the fact that Galactic has been out of business for 20 years. And the doctor's like, well, that explains why I haven't been paid in a while. Um, <laughs> that, that apparently explains it all and it's fine. Um, and then the pilot calls Seca. That's the co-pilot who was blasé and then all paranoid. Um, it calls him uh, to report to the bridge, but he's wandering into a shiny, smoky corridor. Like, just like a moth to the flame. Um, the doctor is talking to Trist, uh, the zoologist, who tells him about his many expeditions. Uh, and the doctor says, the machine reminds me of the work of some guy called Stein, who Trist said, oh, I worked with him. He was my mentor. Um, and while they're waxing lyrical about Stein and his business, um, the other pilot of, in the spacesuit's just like, I need to get my ship out. Like, come on, I'm on the dime clock thing. Um, so on their way out, uh, the Doctor makes a crack about Trist's private zoo and he goes, the machine is preserving endangered species. The Doctor goes, yes, the same way a jam maker preserves raspberries. <laughs> this is quite funny. <laughs> you can tell that this is a... Had the hand of Douglas Adams in the <laughs> script editing stage. Romana says, um, don't mind him. Uh, <laughs> he just likes to irritate people. <laughs> and then she finds out from Trist that one of his crew died. And she's like, how? And he goes, he died. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is very strange. Like, there's some way overacting going on by the bloke playing Trist. Um... Uh, the Doctor and the Captain come across an overlap point um, with the two ships overlapping. Canine says the ships are rejecting each other on a molecular level. And it's dangerous. Uh, so the Doctor goes off to get some equipment. Um, Romana is inspecting the CET machine again, bringing up various scenarios on the screen, like, you know, different planets. Uh, and she ends with Eden, which looks like a lush jungle. And she walks towards the screen and she sees a face looking out at her. But then the face ducks away. Um, Trist's assistant comes in and turns it off. She says, he doesn't like people touching it. And then she tells Romana the lost crew member was more than just a friend uh, and that they lost him on Eden. And so she doesn't like to look at that one. Um, uh, Then uh, down at the matter interface thing, there's a scream. Um, It's the corridor where the co-pilot went. Um, and Canine warns the Doctor about entering the matter interface. They drag out the co-pilot who's moaning and his face is all scratched up and Canine tries to go into the matter interface but his scanners won't function. Um, the, so medics bundle the co-pilot off to the sick bay. Uh, we see a hand fiddling about in the filing cabinet where the drugs were kept, um, which is open now. Uh, and when the Doctor comes in and he's confronted by a gun and shot with a stripy laser. Um, and then the shooter takes the drugs back from the Doctor's pocket. Uh, meanwhile, the pilot has gotten Trist and his assistant to watch the co-pilot being operated on by the medics and he wants to know if there are any live specimens on board and Trist says they're only laser crystal recordings and the medic comes up to the window and shakes his head Uh oh canine leads Romana to the doctor who says he was bushwhacked um, and he tells Romana about the drugs and she's like, oh, the last source of Rexone was destroyed, the whole planet. But someone has found another source, obviously. Uh, the pilots are both antsy uh, with each other, but, you know, they want to keep their schedules. And Romana points out the Trist's machine is primitive and the ship is full of unstable zones. She's like, it wasn't a mirage that attacked Seca, the co-pilot. And the pilot turns up at this point and goes, mm, killed him. And says, he's dead. Uh Uh-oh. The Doctor sends Romana to deal with the CET machine. He's going to separate the ships. So Romana switches the machine to Eden again and goes over to the screen, staring into it. Um, Meanwhile, down at one of the unstable points, K-9's cutting a hole in the wall uh, in front of the Doctor and the pilot. Um, 
Romana stares into the jungle and a light comes out and stings her on the neck and she collapses. Uh, and then the doctor and uh, the captain remove the section of the cutaway wall that the canine cut with his laser. And a monster pokes through and that's the end. Oh, whoa. Gee, a lot happens in this episode. <laughs> um, all right, there'll be another one next time. <laughs> Part two. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.